On Friday, Dave Canales parted ways with two staffers here in Carolina as his staff begins to take shape. We'll talk about it right now on Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter at Julian Council, where on Friday, Fridays, unless there's some big breaking news like Dave Canales being hired as Carolina Panthers head coach, I'll be answering your weekly Friday mailbag questions throughout the rest of the offseason, either at me or DM me, but follow me first on Twitter at Julian Council to get your questions in for this week's edition of the weekly Friday mailbag right here on Locked on Panthers. This episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code all in lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Dave Canales is the Carolina Panthers head coach. He will be introduced at some point early on this week. Not quite sure when that will be. It's maybe going to be Tuesday. I, I don't know. I'll let you know. Well, you'll you'll know <laughs> you'll know when it happens and of course I'll break down all that Dave Canales has to say at his introductory press conference and quite honestly there's not anything he can say to me that's really gonna mean a damn thing until he goes out there and wins football games and Bryce Young looks like the number one pick in the draft and plays at the level that a lot of people expect him to play at last season that's what really matters not what he's going to say we've heard what Matt Rule had to say he didn't win football games we heard what Frank Reich had to say he didn't win football games. And look, we're going to look at Dave Canales, who I've already noticed that people on social media are very attracted to Dave Canales. He's a good-looking man, uh, but I don't really care what he has to say. I don't really care what he looks like. Can you win games on Sundays? That's what matters, and he has a six-year contract, and the hope is he will actually you know, survive one season, the last coach here, lasted 11 games. My hope is that Dave Canales can be the answer long-term in Carolina. But that, of course, remains to be seen. We'll hear from him, I'm sure, at some point this week. But he did make some big moves on Friday as his staff here in Carolina begins to take shape. Dave Canales parted ways with both Chris Tabor, the special teams coordinator and interim head coach in Carolina, and James Campin, the offensive line coach in Carolina. Those are two names that people wondered whether they would be retained by this staff. Remember a year ago, it was insisted upon Frank Reich by David Tepper that Chris Tabor and James Campin both would stay here in Carolina. I understood it. Tabor, excellent special teams coordinator. We just saw the NFLPA come out a couple weeks ago and name him the number two special teams coordinator in the league. That's someone that you want to have on your staff. You look at James Campin, longtime offensive line coach, did a remarkable job with that unit in 2022. It made a lot of sense for the two of them to come back. But looking at what's occurred this past season, it makes all the sense in the world that now Dave Canales would move on from these two coaches, and in particular, James Campin. And I've already seen a couple people on Twitter, Panther fans, and people who have hit me up and just conversations I've been browsing over the weekend. And fans have been saying, really what be, would be a 
step in the right direction for David Tepper and a change from David Tepper is him allowing Dave Canales to come in here and to put together the staff that he wants to put together. Because we go back to the article that we read back in, I believe it was November, from Joe Person and Diana Rossini of The Athletic talking about the Hunger Games culture that was here in Carolina and how coaches, especially on the offensive side of the ball, weren't aligned in in large part because Frank Reich had not worked with all those people. And while I appreciated Frank Reich wanting to not necessarily just go to his own coaching tree, but to be open-minded and bring in some other ideals and coaches he had not worked with before, we saw how that played out where the offense was a complete mess, trying to marry two systems, did not work out. Injuries on the offense line did not help matters. And then Bryce Young is having multiple voices in his head. Hayden Hurst, Panthers tied in, said that at locker room cleanout day, he felt like one thing that did not work out well for the team was that Bryce Young had so many people in his head when it really should have only been one person mainly in his ear and moving forward. I would imagine that will be the Panthers next head coach and likely play caller Dave Canales, who's the one who's going to sit here and fix Bryce Young, as he did with Geno Smith and Baker Mayfield the last couple of seasons. On the defensive side of the ball with Jero Vero and all the coaches that he brought to, with him to Carolina, they had worked together in the past, and you did not hear the issues like you heard on the offensive side of the ball in that article, that there wasn't the infighting and the Hunger Games culture going on on the defensive side of the ball in Carolina. That is something that you do not want to have moving forward, and getting rid of Chris Tabor and James Campen makes sense. Now, for Chris Tabor, it is unfortunate in a way for him because he had been blocked from interviewing for the New York Giants special teams coordinator job that has now been filled. Understanding, though, there's other teams out there that have openings and with special teams coordinator, and he's going to land somewhere else. I just find it curious that David Tepper didn't allow him to interview elsewhere as he was never a serious candidate for the head coaching job. But I guess it does make sense that David Tepper would want to keep someone like Tabor around until the next head coach comes in and that head coach can make his decision upon whether he wants to keep Chris Tabor around. Now, the James Campen decision was very easy in my eyes. When you see that offensive line group regress in the way that they did, understanding that Brady Christensen played one game this season, that Austin Corbett played four games this season, you had seven different left guards, eight different right guards, the massive regression from Ike Aquanu is unacceptable. I look at how Bradley Bozeman played this year, and I can explain it away to the fact that, again, seven left guards, eight right guards, not having the continuity, which is so important when it comes to the offensive line, you're not going to have a ton of success at the center position, especially when you're playing next to different guys every single week. But he did not play well. To have that amount of regression from Bozeman, and from Aquanu, two players that were solid for you in 2022, you can't bring back the O-line coach. They got sacked. Bryce Young got sacked, what, 62 times this season? You can't bring someone back to coach the offensive line when they have that kind of statistical season, no matter the amount of injuries. You cannot explain away why Iki Aquanu played as poorly as he did this past year. Now, we had a whole episode talking about how to fix the Iki Aquanu problem. Go back and listen to it. I think it's from a couple of weeks ago. James Campen, he could not come back. And it's not just that. 
It's also the fact that apparently he made some enemies within the organization. This came out from Tony Pauline on Friday. The Riot Report put this out there, the screenshot, saying on Friday the Carolina Panthers fired offensive line coach James Campen, who had been with the team since 2022. The team's offensive line struggled and could not protect Bryce Young, the first pick in the 2023 NFL draft. Many of Carolina's blockers have not met expectations. I'm also told Campen made a few enemies within the organization as he was the eyes and ears for owner David Tepper in the locker room. In fact, sources at Shrine Practice Saturday told me that Tepper had more than a few people in the locker room who would report back to him on the goings-on, which destroyed team chemistry. Going back once again to the fact that the biggest problem in Carolina is the owner, David Tepper. Go back to the article I just mentioned from Joe Person and Diana Rossini of The Athletic. Team sources described a Hunger Games culture at Bank of America Stadium. Coaches said they believed other staff members were text messaging Tepper behind Reich's back about issues they saw with the team. General Manager Scott Fitter and separately an offensive coach went to Tepper with a coaching suggestion for the quarterback. Fitter had previously spoken to Reich about this issue. Who do you think that offensive coach probably was? And back then when that came out, I just thought back to how David Tepper wanted Tabor and Campen to stay in Carolina and just using the clues I would have guessed maybe it's James Campen who was the other offensive staffer, and maybe it wasn't James Campen, but it's hard to convince me, really anyone who's actually paying attention to what was going on, that Campen wasn't one of the individuals reporting back to David Tepper, and you get confirmation a couple of months later as Tony Pauline puts that out to the world on Friday after James Campen was fired. That is something that you cannot have on your coaching staff. You cannot have an individual, a subordinate, which is what he would be because the head coach goes out there and he's hiring his staff. You cannot have a subordinate going behind your back to the owner and reporting back and forth with him. And that's the big issue that Tepper has had here in Carolina is that he goes on these fact-finding missions. And I've seen this been reported by several other NFL reporters out there that he'll go to the defensive room and ask him, hey, what do you think about the offensive coaching staff? He'll go to the offensive coaching staff and ask him, what do you think about the defensive coaching staff? That sows division. That does not create a suitable and sustainable, successful work environment. And if David Tepper is going to continue to do that, we're going to continue to have James Campins here in Carolina that create enemies and have a unit that drastically underperforms after many of us believed, including the organization, that it could be a strength heading into the 2023 season. That is something that cannot continue in Carolina. And it's a good move by Dave Canales to part ways with Chris Tabor, who, yes, has respect in the locker room. But when you think about it, last year with Steve Wilkes, you would like to keep Wilkes around, sure, but the coaching, the players wanted him to be their head coach. You can't have him there underneath you if you're Frank Reich. With Chris Tabor, he was just the head coach. The players respect him. That's a good thing, but you can't have him around when he was sitting in that lead role, especially if he's somebody that likely has been reporting back to David Tepper and creating the issues that were already there with the coaching staff this past season. That is something that cannot continue here in Carolina, and I think it is a wise move by Dave Canales. Good first step as they try to change the culture here in Carolina that desperately, desperately needs to be washed away of all the stench of what's gone on over the last 12-plus months here and even beyond in Carolina. So those two are gone. Jerry Rivero, he's still here. His defensive coaching staff is still here. 
but he's still up for a job in Seattle. Will he get it? We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. Price Picks is the most fun you'll have winning up to 25 times your money this football season. You just select two or more players, pick more or less under projected stats, and place your entry with the basketball season here. You can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the special league, a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, and this one continues on, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey. The Chiefs are going back to the Super Bowl in Las Vegas face off against 49ers. You can do a 10.5 combo of three pointers made plus receptions. Price picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make Price picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to pricepicks.com slash lockdown NFL and use code lockdown NFL for your first deposit match up to $100. That's pricepicks.com slash lockdown NFL and use code Locked on NFL for a first positive match up to $100. James Campen and Chris Tabor are out in Carolina as new Panthers head coach Dave Canales begins to form his staff here in Charlotte. One other coach, though, that we're all waiting to see what his future will be is Panthers defensive coordinator Ajero Avera, one of the bright defensive minds in the NFL and a finalist for the job out in Seattle to be their next head coach. And interestingly enough, people have brought this up, Seattle you have Dave Canales there for 13 years. Pete Carroll thinks highly of him. And I believe Pete Carroll is going to have some kind of role within the Seahawks organization. And Dave Canales was not on their short list of people to interview. Dan Quinn, I would still guess, would be the favorite for that job out in Seattle, considering his long-term history with Pete Carroll. But it's possible that the Allen family decides to move on and not have any Pete Carroll remnants be the head coach, which would then lead to Gerald Vero possibly be the head coach out there in Seattle. If he's not the head coach, I do think that it's probably going to be one more year for a Gerald Vero in Carolina. He interviewed for all the jobs last year. There's five available. Of course, did not get those jobs, but came here to Carolina. He's interviewed for three jobs so far this year. Did not get the Panthers job. Did not get the Falcons job, as that has gone to Raheem Morris, the former D.C. out there in L.A. Now he's a chance to get the job out there in Seattle. Now, Jordan Rodriguez, our old friend, who's been on the show before. She used to cover the Panthers for the Observer, then the Athletic, now covers the Rams out there in L.A. for the Athletic. She had been reporting that Jero Vero, his future, is something that L.A. is monitoring as they've lost Raheem Morris. And that organization, and a lot of respect to the organization that the Rams have for them to be so gung-ho in getting Raheem Morris a job in Atlanta. That's what you want to see. You don't want to see, and this is a common trend. Every team's doing this nowadays. But if a coach has a chance to be a head coach, you would think while the organization wants to win, wants to keep a good coach around, that they would also want what's best for that individual and get that person in position to be a head coach. And that's what the Rams did. Adam Schefter reported it, that they went out of their way to make sure Raheem Morris got a job this cycle. David Tepper's not doing that because David Tepper wants to win. And I understand that selfishly. You want your team to win. Selfishly, you have a very good defensive coordinator in Ajero Averro. I am just curious to see if Dave Canales is even allowed to move off of Ajero Averro when building his staff. He moved off of Chris Tabor. He moved off to James Camp in two moves, especially the Camp move. That made a ton of sense. And we know that Thomas Brown will not be retained here in Carolina as well. And I'm guessing that 
all the offensive staffers. Park Frazier, he's gone. That's not a surprise. Frank Reich officiated his wedding. There's people that we've known since Frank Reich got fired eight weeks ago, how many weeks ago it's been, that they weren't going to stick around in Carolina. And after the offense was brutal, why on earth, when hiring an offensive-minded coach, would you retain any offensive staffers from that mess that we saw here during the 2023 season? I'm just curious to know, does he have the autonomy to move off of a Jero Vero? You would think, having spent 13 years in Seattle working under Pete Carroll, a great defensive coach in his own right, that Dave Canales would be able to call back on his experiences in Seattle and get a coach who could come run a system defensively that he agrees with. Not to say he doesn't agree with Jero Vero's system, but that's something to consider. And again, a lot of Panther fans have said to me or they've said to each other that they think David Tepper needs to step back and that they need to let the head coach come in here and pick his staff. Do you feel that way when it comes to a Jero Vero? Or is it just Chris Tabor and James Campen? I'm guessing for a lot of you, it's just the coaches you don't want here anymore. You want a Jero Vero here. You want EJ to stick around. So you, if it means that Canales gets to choose his own guy, then you're probably not on board with it. Now, the defensive staff, as I mentioned earlier, was not the issue in Carolina. There was not infighting there because they've all worked with each other in the past. But wouldn't then you want that to be the case with Canales bringing people that he's comfortable with? Just thought, just thought. I would love to see Jero Vero stay. I would also would love for him to be able to explore opportunities that are best for him instead of being kept hostage. But he is under contract, and contracts, at least for coaches in the NFL, they do matter. So we'll see how that situation plays out as he is up for the job in Seattle. Maybe he gets it, maybe he doesn't. We'll find out, I'm sure, at some point this week as now we have this little break before Super Bowl week next week in Las Vegas. Some other news as far as the staff goes. Now speaking about um, Chris Tabor not being here anymore, according to Joe Person and Mike Kay, I believe at first from the Charlotte Observer, uh, Joe Person saying, I'm told Panthers coach Dave Canales is targeting Seattle's Tracy Smith as Panthers special teams coordinator. Smith was the special teams assistant on the Seahawks staff, which is pretty much free to go after Pete Carroll stepped down. So look at some of those staffers who were there in Seattle with Carroll and, of course, no Dave Canales to maybe come over here to Carolina. He already had Dan Morgan who spent time in Seattle. Yeah, it's got fair to pass. Now you got Dave Canales, and it looks like you're probably going to have Tracy Smith as special teams coordinator, and that makes sense. Get somebody you know, somebody you're comfortable with, someone who is not seen as, uh, I don't know, an undercover agent for the owner, in which it's possible that Chris Tabor was, as he was insisted upon to be on Frank Reich's staff, likely so that – he could narc for David Tepper. Um, other looks at the staff. OC, that is an ongoing search, but I don't really believe it's that much of an ongoing search from the very beginning once Dave Canales was zeroed in for the B, to be the next Carolina Panthers head coach. Everyone out there had been talking about the one coach who came with him from Seattle to Tampa would likely fall into Carolina, and that is Bucks wide receiver coach Brad Idzik, who – the Panthers have requested to speak to him for their offensive coordinator role. He's likely going to be the OC. I don't want to flat out say he's going to be the OC because I don't want to speak in absolutes, but y'all, he's probably going to be the OC. So when I saw the Panthers had requested to speak with Philadelphia Eagles senior offensive assistant Marcus Brady for their offensive coordinator position, he was the OC under Frank Reich in 2022 before he got fired as a scapegoat before Reich got fired in Indianapolis. I look at it as maybe a sham interview. The Rooney rule extends the coordinator positions. Idzik, that's Canales' guy. 
Are you really going to blame him for wanting to keep his boy with him in Carolina as his OC? No. I I don't want to flat out call it a sham, but come on, man. It's... And that's the thing about it. The Rooney Rule, in practice, it makes sense. It's a good thing getting people in, you know, Canales is also someone of color, uh, getting an opportunity to be a head coach, which is great. It's great to get people who would not get an opportunity to interview for these jobs in front of these owners, in front of some of these coaches. But also, a lot of times, it just feels like a waste of time when you know that coaches want to bring their guys along with them, which is very similar to any kind of business. If you get in a situation where you're going to step into a big-time role, you want to have people that you know that you trust. I totally understand that. It's just one of these things where, I, looking at it, just my perspective, it feels like, God, we're just it's just a waste of time to even talk to Marcus Brady when clearly, I'm guessing, that Brad Idzik will be the next OC in Carolina, and that would help with the continuity with the offense that Dave Canales wants to build here for the Panthers. Other news, Adam Schefter, uh, he had a report about the front office restructure. We'll get into that here momentarily. He also mentioned that Dave Canales is, is expected to reach back to his days with the Seattle Seahawks, pluck away some former Seattle assistant coaches. Two who, two, two who are likely to join Excuse me, are Pete Carroll's son, Nate Carroll, who works as the Seahawks senior offensive assistant coach and former Seattle Seahawks special teams coach Tracy Smith, as I mentioned before. So Pete Carroll, his son, Nate Carroll coming over. And hey, if a Gerald Vero sticks around, Dom Capers, he's already in the building. Maybe Pete Carroll wants to get out of the rain in Seattle, come down here to Charlotte, to the Carolinas, enjoy some sunshine, some seasons, and be some sort of senior role within the organization like Jim Caldwell, like Dom Capers. Just a thought, just a thought. If his son's going to be here, maybe make it a family affair. Help out Dave Canales in that kind of role. I would love to see it. Always been a big Pete Carroll fan. Just something I'm going to throw out there. Why not? Come on, Pete. Come on down. All right, so that's a coaching update here in Carolina as far as the staff being built here under Dave Canales. What about the front office as it continues its restructure? A quick update on that as the Panthers near conclusion of that process of its offseason. We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. This next segment is brought to us by our sponsor, BetterHelp. Sometimes we all need the opportunity to get something off our chest, big or small. Certain things can really start to get to you. It's important to let that out, especially to someone who's unbiased on your life. So today, I want to say how I really feel about something. You might even be thinking about the same thing this week what I feel is I feel really bad for the Lions like that's what I feel that's gonna haunt that city forever they're up by 17 I just mm, I feel for them therapy can be different for everyone most of us have bigger problems than our favorite sports teams and it's important to get things off your chest every once in a while if you're thinking of starting therapy get better help to try it's entirely online designed to be convenient flexible and suited to your schedule visit betterhelp.com slash locked on today to get 10 percent off your first month that's betterhelp h-e-l-p.com slash locked on The Carolina Panthers keep checking boxes off this offseason. They have a new GM. It is Dan Morgan, elevated to the president of football operations slash general manager role. They have a new head coach in Dave Canales. They're starting to get rid of some coaches, bring in some new coaches. Everything is chugging along as we head into the month of February and get closer to free agency where there are a ton of questions that got to get figured out here for the Carolina Panthers. But the Panthers need to bring in someone else to aid Dan Morgan and to help 
with the salary cap and with contract negotiations. And it looks like that is going to be Kansas City Chiefs Vice President of Football Operations, Brant Tillis, Adam Schefter, reporting this on Sunday afternoon. And this is also something that has been said, again, from the beginning. Brant Tillis, Joe Person brought it up that that's somebody who's been on David Tepper's radar since 2021 when he was out there interviewing general managers the last time around. His analytical approach, his background of negotiating Patrick Mahomes' massive deal and what he's been able to help build in Kansas City made him an obvious candidate here. So Adam Schefter saying the Carolina Panthers are targeting Kansas City Chiefs Vice President of Football Operations, Brant Tillis, for a prominent front office role in the organization that matches up with new general manager Dan Morgan. Sources told ESPN that the Panthers want to structure their front office like San Francisco 49ers, another team that was playing at Sunday's conference championship game that's now, of course, going to the Super Bowl. They are annually in the NFC Championship. It's the Niners, their legacy franchise. They win Super Bowls. They're organized. And they had they were kind of a bleep show there for a little bit with the Chip Kelly of it all, Jim Tom Sula. Things weren't going great. They got it figured out now with Kyle Shanahan and with John Lynch. The Panthers have given Morgan the official title, President of Football Operations slash General Manager, uh, the same title that the 49ers have given John Lynch, also a former player in the NFC South. Tillis is likely to land a similar role to 49ers Chief Contract Negotiator uh, Parag Marath. Excuse me for getting his name wrong. If I did mispronounce it, which I'm 100% sure I did, who has the title of Executive Vice President of Football Operations, according to sources. Then the Panthers would have Morgan and Tillis working much of the same way that Lynch and Marath did. Now, in principle, that's great to structure it like that. Um, But the Panthers have done this. The process has made a lot of sense. Just the practice has not played out the way that they have hoped. My hope is that Dan Morgan, now in charge, will be someone who can kind of put his fist down and say, hey, this is what we're doing. I'm not necessarily trying to get consensus. I'm the one running personnel. I'm the one who's running scouting. We're going to get things right and be better than Scott Fitter. I still have the PTSD of knowing that he's been here the last couple of seasons with Scott Fitter, and he's been complicit in some of the terrible decisions the Panthers have made, and I just wonder if this was the right hire. But I'm hoping that Dan will be the right hire, not just because he played in Carolina, but because, well, I want the team to win. And you all should want Dan Morgan to have success, even if it's weird that David Tepper hired a search firm just to go right down the hall and hire the guy who is already sitting in on head coaching interviews with a couple other people who are in the front office that you wonder if they should still be in the front office. Now, with Tillis, his work with Mahomes, being in Kansas City, you have to love that hire just knowing he's coming from a winning organization. I'm not going to sit here and act as if I know Brant Tillis from Adam if I saw him on the street. No no idea what this man looks like. Don't really care. But can he come in and do the job? That is the hope. This is a positive. I still have my concerns of whether David Sepper isn't going to continue to go on these fact-finding missions and be able to find people who are going to be snitches and then have all this infighting. I don't have confidence that he's going to stop doing that. But it is a good look that Canales got rid of a couple coaches who he did not feel like fit here. And then he's going to bring in some people from Seattle, an organization that's had success, that he respects and knows he can work with. That alignment, that is key. It can be seen as a buzzword, but we saw here firsthand in Carolina last year how important it is. Same thing with the front office. The head coach, general manager relationship, Dave Canales, Dad Morgan, those are each other's boys. You feel good about that moving forward. You want the same case to be with Tillis and Morgan working together and for there to be a buffer. I saw the Panthers.com report 
not even a report, a press release stating that Canales and Dan Morgan report to the owner. Of course, they're going to report to the owner. It's David Tepper. He's not going to completely step back. We'll see if things change moving forward. But Tillis quite possibly can be the buffer that can help things out. But again, already saw that Tepper apparently is going to have Morgan report to him. Not really a huge shock because, again, it's David Tepper. So we'll see how it works out. I do like some of the moves being made. I like the moves last year as well. Just when everything happened out on the field, it didn't work out. Injuries, that was a factor. Inexperience, that was a factor. But also as a factor was the coaching staff was not aligned and the general manager was not doing a good job. All that needs to change in Carolina for the Panthers to not be a laughingstock moving forward. But that's going to wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, y'all, subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where I'll be back on Friday to answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions, either at me or DM me to get those questions into me now. In the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep Pounding, and I'll talk to you on Tuesday as Solomon Wilcox of SiriusXM NFL Radio will join the show to talk to us about the Panthers offseason, hiring Dave Canales, and his thoughts on Bryce Young and the organization moving forward.